Welcome to the pulse that moves the triangle world today. This one-size-fits-all broadcast is a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, helpful tips, what's trending, events, and boundless other adventures. It's a conversation pit of comedians, politicians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Inspreffer. Hi friends, it's a Merry Christmas show about holiday traditions. Everybody has some. What's one of your favorites? It's nice to take time to think back. We have many in our family, but I guess the one I've tried to carry on over the years is something my mom and dad, Genevieve and Steve Jakilik, always did. It's a fun Polish tradition and the kids just love it. We lay a thin layer of hay on a table representing Christ's bed of hay, along with some hidden pennies representing the wise men's gifts to Jesus, and then we cover it with a tablecloth. After Christmas Eve dinner, the tablecloth is removed and the children hunt for the pennies. Oh, they just love it. Yes, it's one of several happy holiday traditions, but here to tell us about many more is Chris Carmichael. Chris Carmichael has over 30 years' experience as an arts administrator, museum professional, educator, and historic preservationist. Since 2008, Chris has been the Town of Cary's supervisor for the Page Walker Arts and History Center along with other historic resources, such as archives and artifacts. She has a passion for sharing community history and works closely with the Friends of Page Walker, a private nonprofit organization whose mission is to enrich the community by serving as a guardian for the Page Walker Arts and History Center, by advocating for the preservation of Cary Historic Sites, and by archiving history and facilitating history education, and by promoting the cultural arts. Welcome, Chris. Well, hello, and I uh, hope you're having a good day today. I sure am, and so happy to have you with us. I'm going to start with, really, a surprising tidbit Chris has already shared with me. Many people enjoy celebrating the holidays with an adult beverage, but did you know that Carrie, founded in 1871, remained dry, a dry town until 1964? I am just, I'm just like so surprised by that date, 1964, Chris. Can you tell us more about this? Well, you can just imagine. Um, nowadays, of course, Carrie's well known for some of our microbreweries and so forth that we have here. Uh, award winning, I might note. Um, but, um, the founder of Cary was uh, Frank Page, and he was an ardent temperance man. So when he went about founding Cary, uh, he uh, made sure that it was incorporated as a dry community. Uh, not only that, but he named the town after um, a, a gentleman named Samuel Fenton Cary, who was um, well known for his um, anti-drinking uh speeches that he uh, did um, all over the country after the Civil War. Interesting. I just, I just, that 1964 gets me. <laughs> but anyway, 
Speaking of the Page Walker, it is famous for popular Victorian Christmas program. And, you know, I just love this program. I've gone to this. It's so great. You have the carolers, you have the carriage rides. But of course, COVID has not let us down that path this year. So I'm so happy that you will share some Christmas traditions that began in Victorian times. So let's talk about that first. Well, certainly. Um, the Page Walker was built uh, right at the height of Victorian era. So uh, every year, as you point out, we do um, try to pick up on those Victorian traditions and um, traditions that we think of as synonymous with Christmas, really. The Christmas tree. The Christmas tree actually originated as a medieval European custom. Um, and German and English settlers brought that tradition to North America. Uh, the Christmas tree uh, was first recorded as being in um, North America by a uh, Mr. Matthew Zahn of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and that was as early as 1820. But by the time that uh, Queen uh, Victoria and her husband, uh, Prince Albert um, came uh, into power in England. Um, he brought uh, the German tradition to uh, England, and in 1848, <laughs> the Illustrated London News printed a full-page illustration of this brand-new um, tradition, um, and Victorian Albert Christmas tree um, made it a, a very popular uh, means of decorating and celebrating. So we can look at uh, the Victorian era as a source for our modern-day uh, Christmas tree. Another part of that is the um, Christmas card. Um, now, granted, not many people, or maybe not as many people, I should say, uh, actually send printed Christmas cards anymore. Everything seems to be digital these days. But the origins go back to, again, the Victorian era um, in England. And there were advances in printing technology that led to uh, the ability to print uh, relatively inexpensive colorful cards which could be shared. And this came out of a tradition that they had of children writing greetings to their parents at Christmas time. So that's where Christmas cards came from. And then, of course, we think of Christmas caroling, um, and again, Victorian England. Um, and some of the popular carols from that era were, uh, O Come All Ye Faithful, Silent Night, O Little Town of Bethlehem, Away in a Manger, and We Three Kings. Even Jingle Bells comes from the Victorian era. But probably the thing that most kids are most interested in at this time of year is, of course, Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. uh, the American version of Santa Claus is based on um, the Dutch St. Nicholas, and uh, Dutch settlers brought uh, that tradition to New York, and um, it spread um, throughout the um, early states, and then um, Father Christmas which was a British character, uh, merged with St. Nicholas, and that's how we came up with Santa Claus that, um, of course, we still um, celebrate today. 
And I'm sure that there's probably quite a few kids with uh, empty stockings um, by the mantelpiece um, this being Christmas Eve. Um, and that that tradition was, uh, again, back to the era of um, Victorian England. Very interesting. Thank you, Victorian Error, because those are all those are all holiday favorites when it comes to traditions. So now I understand that the friends of Paige Walker have been collecting oral histories for years. Do you have any excerpts that you can tell us how the folks in Carrie used to celebrate Christmas in the past? Yes, I do. Um here's one of my favorites. Um it's uh, from Elva Templeton. She was the daughter of Dr. James Templeton, and Elva lived here in Cary her whole life and lived a good long life. She was born in 1898 and lived all the way to 1993. So uh, we were able to actually record her memories of early Cary. Um, and what she stated was that they had a huge holly tree at their church. And it must have been, oh, eight feet tall, and it was covered in berries. And that was basically the type of Christmas tree that they would um, decorate. And small children got bags of confections. They would have big barrels full of bags. And the older um, parishioners would um, hand those out to the children. Uh, they had, of course, a, a children's program. Uh, we look, and she said we look forward to that. We didn't get anything much um, on Christmas, but candy and orange and maybe one or two toys. All mm -hmm. the toys had to last all during the year. So um, that was a, a little um, more um, of a um, picture of what in bygone days uh, you might have had as a young child in um, in Cary. Can I interrupt you just a second here? Um, the orange, a lot of people give out oranges, and, and I don't really know the the history behind that. Do you, by chance? Yes, actually. Um, oranges were quite the um, uh, delicacy. Um, they were not something that um, households had year-round. Uh, it was often uh, times only. In fact, here's Mar Margaret Travis, who um, also writes about oranges. She says, at the church, they went out to the woods and got a, a cedar tree, and the ladies decorated that. They always had a man dressed as Santa Claus, and the church would buy, again, paper sacks from Mr. Mills' store, and the ladies would meet and put an apple, an orange, and some sticks of candy, some nuts, and some raisins in each bag. And that was their treat that they got um, from under the Christmas tree at uh, Green Level Baptist Church. They were too poor to have fruit all year long. Uh, obviously, oranges weren't something that they were able to grow here in Cary. And that orange was their big Christmas treat. Mm, interesting. Any more of these uh, documented histories, these oral histories? That oh, you yeah, share? I've got a great one from okay. the World War II era. Okay. Um, this is Mary Crowder. And Mary Crowder recorded, during World War II, because of rationing, you saved your sugar to make your cakes at Christmas time. 
We were, I guess, lucky because Aunt Tina and Uncle Albert lived there with them, with us, and they had a certain number of stamps for canned goods and meats and sugar stamps and gas as well as mother and daddy. So together, we we uh, gathered all of our stamps and we all cooked and ate together. So it was a matter of family gathering at that point in time to um, make the most of the uh, rations that they had during World War II, which of course included cakes and there were special recipes that of course were put out um, specifically on how to um, use the materials of the um, flour and sugar and so forth that um, make it go as far as you could and still be able to celebrate the holidays. I remember something like that with my mom and dad. It wasn't Christmas, but again, with the 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 World War II part of it, when you were, um, you know, food was, there was rationing, and they were getting married, and <laughs> there you had to, to, to bring in all your friends to donate chickens and other things to have enough food for the wedding. It wasn't like one person because of the rationing could, you know, just go buy everything they needed. So, you know, my parents paid for it, but they had to get other people to use their, um, <laughs> their rationing slips to go get the, tur- the chickens or whatever they needed for the wedding. So that's interesting. Now, Carrie is quite... Well, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I was just going to say that um, I've seen um, graphs um, of from the 1950s of Carrie, even downtown Carrie. The lots were quite deep, and almost every one of the houses had a big garden or kept chickens or both in the backyard. So... There was a lot of making do during uh, the Depression era through World War II um, by being able to raise your own crops and um, and chickens and whatnot. So now Cary is quite a diverse community. What are some of the other cultural celebrations that are typically held at this time of year? Well, uh, we're coming up on uh, one right now, as a matter of fact, and that is Kwanzaa. Um, Kwanzaa is um, a cultural holiday that celebrates African heritage and identity. The name comes from the Swahili phrase, and I'm going to try to say it, <laughs> Man, Mantuna de Kwanzaa, uh, which translates to first fruits. And the holiday is based on traditional harvest festivals. Um, Kwanzaa is a relatively new holiday. It's just about 40, 45 years old, and was actually uh, started by um, uh, Dr. Karenga, who was a professor and activist in 1966 as a non-religious holiday for people uh, worldwide of African descent. Um, and uh, Terry, um, this year, is going to be doing a, of course, virtual Kwanzaa, um, and uh, it will be running um, for several days, and um, each day of Kwanzaa actually focuses on um, seven principles, unity, self-determination, collective work, cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and faith. And in fact, the number three, collective work, is actually Ujima, and Ujima is the name of the group, the local group run by Lester Thomas, 
who partners with the town of Cary to put on Kwanzaa each year. Um, another one, um, of course, comes from our uh, Latinx or Hispanic um, uh, cultural group. And uh, again, the town, uh, we partner with um, Diamante, and uh, we've been working with Diamante for a number of years. They do two holiday events uh, this time of year. Uh, one is called Arbolito de Esperanza, which stands for uh, or means Tree of Hope. And it is a campaign uh, within that community that collects food, toys, and money for families in need and um, joins together to have uh, a big, um, and of course, again, all going virtual this year, mm. um, it is, um, it joins together to, uh, celebrate, um, by having a potluck dinner, um, from, with foods from uh, all around the Latin American, um, community. There's also, um, Three Kings Parade. Uh, Diamante puts that on. Um, that is, uh, commemorates the visit of the Three Kings or Magi to baby Jesus. And, um, the Three Kings, um, um, happens uh, on, let me see, January, on the 12th day of Christmas. And um, it um, has a parade usually right down um, Academy Street. I'm pretty sure this one's also gone um, uh, virtual. But um, it is um, a wonderful way of celebrating uh, that the uh, Latin American community. You've done a good job on the pronunciation there. You had some tough ones in, in those kind of traditions, so good oh, job. Oh, wait a minute. I, I, and I missed one, actually. Okay. Um, uh, it's a little further on in the year, but um, there's also Lunar New Year, uh, which is celebrated by um, many in uh, of Asian cultures. Um, and uh, it usually is uh, tied to the... Um, the Chinese zodiac, you know, has the various different oh, tigers and rabbits and sheep and so forth. In 2021, it's going to be celebrated on February the 12th, and um, that um, often is tied to all sorts of wonderful um, Asian traditions. Again, foods, um, dances, celebrations, gift giving, um, and decorating. So you've mentioned food a couple of times and, and we're almost out of time. So maybe, maybe two minutes on this, if we can get in some idea of, you know, foods play such an important role in many holiday traditions. Well, let's face it, <laughs> food pay, plays right. a major role in everything in life. But for the foods that are linked to celebrations, tell us about that. Sure. Well, and, and, um, I don't want to miss Hanukkah, uh, while that has already passed by the time we're broadcasting. Hanukkah, of course, has wonderful, some wonderful foods that I personally have enjoyed. Um, you have latkes, which are the potato pancakes, um, and then you have um, the jelly donuts, and my son's personal favorite, the Hanukkah gelt, or the chocolate coins. Um, I've seen those already for sale in some of the local stores. So uh, those are specific uh, foods, a traditioned, um that are traditionally served surrounding the, the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah. Uh, of course, 
Christmas has so many different um, traditions, uh, lots of sweets, everything. And, of course, if you want to look at Carrie and the Southern uh, traditions, you've got things like pecan pie. And, uh, of course, you can't miss the gingerbread cookies. Uh, a, credi- a Christmas tradition in the South is also to oftentimes serve both turkey and ham. And, of course, ham um, can be either the country ham, um, which is usually very salty, um, or the regular city ham, which is baked. And then one of my personal favorites uh, that I look forward to our Christmas treat is the candy cane. Um, candy canes actually originated in 1847 when they were used to decorate Christmas trees. And, um, but they really didn't take off, um, until they, uh, came up with a machine to automate it, automate them, autom, to automate them, um, the, um, in the 1950s. So, um, since that's my era, I guess, uh, that's why I always associated Christmas trees and candy canes as part of um, the food tradition for for my particular family. You're making me hungry. You're making me hungry, Chris. <laughs> all these all these yummy things. Okay, so we need to wrap now, but I did want mm-hmm. to have you just uh give a shout out for folks because you're doing these backyard history programs. So can you tell us where people can uh see a schedule on that, how to sign up? Yes, um, uh, these are free programs, um, and you can just go to mycarry.com and um, click on programs, and there are all sorts of wonderful programs coming up that um, not only the Backyard History offered through the Page Walker Arts and History Center, but there are um, programs through the Carrie Senior Center, uh, through the... Um, community centers, so there's lots and lots of free programs that we're offering now to sort of make up for the fact that we are still closed, but um, we still want to very much serve and be a part of our community. And if listeners have some local historical items or stories that they would like to share, how could they contact you? Well, these days, the best way to contact me is through email, and my email is chris. K-R-I-S dot Carmichael, C-A-R-M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at townofcary.org. And I'm quick about replying. So we're always looking to learn more about our community. It doesn't have to be 100 years ago. It could be 10 years ago or 5 years ago. So the the page walker is, it works hard to to reflect our community and share our community's history. And we so appreciate that, and I appreciate you for being here today. Thank you so very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Time for our nonprofit spotlight. Little Pearls out of Asheville, North Carolina, is an independent nonprofit 501c3 organization. They say their website is a loving gift to Western North Carolina and the world. They also say they are not fully active currently, nor accepting donations, yet their gifts are still alive and well on the Internet. During this 
loving holiday season of gifts and giving, I thought I'd share some of this info on the Christmas gift you may receive from them. I mean, it is the time for gifts, and some of these little pearls are truly gifts. And I'll tell you why, because according to their website, little pearls are tiny films that open hearts and minds, inspiring authentic connection and compassionate action on behalf of all living beings. Created by the media nonprofit Little Pearls, these beautiful films are gifts of the heart for you and for the world. Little Pearls remind us who we really are and what truly matters in our lives. In a world where beneficial, meaningful messages can be difficult to find, these little gems skillfully and tenderly plant seeds of hope, love, change, and joy. And isn't it the season of joy and hope? Opening our hearts to the world, Little Pearls explore universal themes and thought-provoking ideas that emphasize our power of choice to create positive change. That's a hot one now. It's media that matters. That's also a hot one now. Neither a commercial nor a traditional public service announcement, each tiny film mirrors the beauty that is in our lives. Most little pearls are only 30 to 60 seconds in length, so everybody has time for them. Little pearls inspire us all to fall more deeply in love with ourselves, each other, and all things. A Christmas gift for you. Littlepearls.org Littlepearls.org Well, it's time to high-five and say goodbye. Hey. Tell Alexa to put on Triangle 411 or go to Google, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Apple, etc. to hear stories about Sheila Ogle's Pink House book, talk about an insight into Carrie's history, or listen to an expert's advice on the art of saying no. Not everyone can do this. Not everyone can say no to their boss, mate, friend, or even holiday demands. Or simply chat with Santa Claus about his shark tank experience. (laughs) I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And remember, today, dot, 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 be merry and bright.